Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan. This is the first podcast of the year. Sorry we couldn't get this out a little earlier. I actually had another show I wanted to get out. We may put that out at a later time, but we'll see where it goes. I'm joined here by my man, Mike Yin, who is actually the owner of the studio that I've been doing this show in for almost half a year now. Say what's up, man. Hey, how's it going? Um, before we move on, you can catch us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. Also on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. And on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D dot U-P. Mike, where can they catch you? Yes, um, you can check my pretty much non-active uh, Instagram, which is Mike Ian dot Valeria, M-Y-K-I-A-N dot F-A-L-L-A-R-I-A. And uh, you can catch me there uh, uh, to link up. Cool. Now, today's show is about Glass, the most divisive film of 2019 <laughs> until Star Wars comes out, I guess, or probably Endgame. First, we're going to give a non-spoiler reaction, and then we'll get into the spoilers, and we'll let you know. And honestly, we can't talk about this movie without going into the spoilers, so it'll be a very, very short non-spoiler sure. review. So, first, did you like it? Yes, I did. I mean, uh, I guess we could talk a little bit about the first two, but uh, just the whole story behind it, with it being this drawn-out trilogy by this uh, this brilliant and then not-so-brilliant director and, uh, you know, all of those things. Uh, you know, there was a lot of anticipation uh, for me, and I've been following this story and rumors, you know, for a decade now. So if anyone was going to be, I guess, disappointed or let down, it, it could have been me. Um, but but overall, I, I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, um, there's not much that I could really be disappointed with. Hmm. I also really liked this movie. I saw Unbreakable when I was a freshman in high school, and it just blew me away. Sixth Sense came out the year before, and then I was like, what What can this guy do next? And then that was yeah. awesome. Unbreakable was great. Uh, Signs I enjoyed too. The Village was good, and then things started to really nosedive. And to the point that I didn't even see Split until two weeks ago because I was kind of eh, on the fence about this guy. But I really enjoyed Split, too. Uh, James McAvoy is far away the the biggest star in this movie. Um, He might. I mean, the performance, you know, like you can have whatever opinion you want about it. But really, it's it's borderline brilliant. And um, it's even if you don't like whatever you can people are finding ways to hate right but like fine if you don't think it's genius but some people you know some people are starting to you know starting to realize that not many or any people can really you know do something Pull like that those things off even for the even for the guys that we know that uh uh can perform different kind of roles and do do such but you know doing something like this is just i think it needs to get more credit split uh James McAvoy was snubbed during award season, 
and I feel like it's going to happen with this movie too. But some people said he went overboard in this movie, but I thought, as you said, I thought it was absolutely stellar. Him just morphing between different characters, sometimes different languages, accents. It was just, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, I mean, like, that kind of character, I mean, considering how he didn't necessarily go overboard last time and switch to me, you know, a split to me. Thanks. Uh, So this time, it you know, did kind of go more and and especially with the uh, there was chances when he was able to do many characters one after another. Really, there's so many ways he could have badly performed that. Sure. You know, so if overdoing it is all you have, then, you know, fine. We should note that in Split, I mean, I just saw it a few weeks ago, but he only showcased about a handful of personalities. I, I would say eight at the most. Whereas in this film, it felt like they brought a lot more out, if not double the number. It was it was a lot of personalities, and they were all very distinct. Uh, How do you feel about Samuel Jackson? I mean, I want to. Uh, I wanted. I wanted more from him, but he did great. You know, I mean, it just shows that the story is just bigger than each of the characters or, or the celebrity of the characters who actors who played them. I mean. You know, it's already a big cast, but it's it's a big story, and he he played, uh, he played a great character, and he had his role in it. Sure. Uh, you know that. Uh, you know we can't spoil it, but yes. he did. Uh, you know, he's always great as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I thought he was wonderful when he when he showed up. Yeah, quote unquote, <laughs> he was great the whole time. Uh, Bruce Willis' character, David Dunn. There have been people who have dissed Bruce Willis as an actor for some time, but at the very least, this character, this reluctant hero, I think works for Bruce Willis' own energy. Yeah. I thought he's fine. Yeah, agreed. I mean, like, his character's deep, but not that deep, you know, so it's, you know, it's, it's, he can only take it so far, but he just does it right. You know, he's casted well perfectly for that. It just matches, and he's the man for that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, uh, others in similar roles, you know, they, they'll let you down, but that's just perfect. So, Like, not every hero needs to be super deep. Captain America's not super deep right? compared to some of his villains. Or, so I thought he was fine. Yeah. I thought the the horror and suspense scenes were really well done the very beginning there were some scenes where you really didn't know who was in the room or you would you'd hear noises the way they played with the shadow it was very tense it i feel like the first 20 minutes was unbreakable like an unbreakable movie just that very slow burn unbreakable is such a unique movie i watched it again this past weekend and it just kept that energy you you really felt like it was a part of this universe yeah, th- I mean, it's really hard that, I mean, however many years later for for it to just kind of, you know, it's one thing. You want to set and remind everyone and give us that feeling, but, like, we were already back, yes. right? We were back. Totally. It was, uh, that was, you know, that's commendable, and we were already there, and, you know, just like it never ended. So uh, I think that was a, a wonderful achievement right there, just even by the start. You know, you were already back in that world. Yes, yes, yes. Some things that I was kind of uh, on. Okay. 
Can you I, do that without spoilers? Yes. All right. I thought that the second act dragged just a little too much. I really, it's kind of like Unbreakable 2. You kind of weren't sure where things were going, but the way it ends makes you appreciate everything. But I still think that Unbreakable was a better paced film. Yeah. This movie just dragged a little bit too much in the middle. But it wasn't enough to really make me like dislike this movie. I mean, I really like this movie a lot. Right. Um, and I also thought that some of the dialogue, especially in regards to comic book movies, you know, Unbreakable and this movie and Split are about kind of turning genre tropes on their head. But, you know, Deadpool's done that. Yes. Other films have kind of done those things. And this did a good job, too. But some of the dialogue was a little bit too clunky. But that's kind of Shyamalan's right. tendency to do in all of his movies. Yes, I mean, you know, as a comic book nerd, uh, you know, the f the unbreakable premise and everything was so interesting and, and it was so well done. You know, I wanted more of, the, more of that. So, you know, I forgave a little bit of the, you know, over... Um, over-the-top dialogue and, you know, some of those things, you know, you, you almost feel like, you know, there's sinister written on his shirt and there's a uh, uh, uh in the back. Right. But, you know, can, you know, uh, you know, that's over the top, but, like, uh, it didn't go that far. But, you know, you could forgive that, you know, for then. So, but now after, especially after Split, you know, this world is already, uh, it's already established. Uh, you know, we don't, we didn't have to do that as you know, I think it we it didn't need to be so clunky or whatever, but it's okay. I also think it's just because a lot of that dialogue is spoken by Mr. Glass himself, who's such a fanboy. I mean, imagine if we got a magic ticket, you know, like Last Action Hero. We can go into our favorite movies or favorite anime, and we're a part of that world. Not just observers, but we're agents in it if i showed up on dragon ball z and i'm watching goku power up, i would literally be saying to myself and to the characters this is when goku powers up and yeah. goes beyond his his limits yeah. and defeats the bad guy i mean a serious hardcore fanboy going into a world of their dreams will make these observations so even though you could ding Shyamalan for it i feel like it's a natural reaction a natural uh characterization of glass but some other characters did some of that and i was kind of mm, slightly put off sometimes but it wasn't again not a big deal right yeah i mean it's it's one of those things you know it, what would real life be like you know uh also you know these guys are also borderline insane sure right so you know there's over t the top such as a joker character right or there's also like you know a you know a, a real real more to real life representation of what a person that really thinks that would be so it's you know what do you really want or you know sure. what w you know being realistic you know it's 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 a hard balance to to get that right so. well it's also just the villains in this movie glass and the horde where the beast are so enthusiastic about their cause whereas david dunn seems a little more reluctant and Breakable, he was definitely reluctant. He has a little more confidence in himself this time as a hero, but he still doesn't have that the zeal 
right. that Mr. Glass or the Horde have. So again, I, I call back to just him being a fanboy. I mean, honestly, like, oh yeah. my God, like, you know, in the trailer, it was like, this is where, I think this is where the villains team up. And, you know, that's that's this guy. He's just a super suave, snappy dressing, crazy black guy. But he could be any guy at Comic-Con freaking out about things like this. So I forgave it for that. Yeah, for sure. The trailers were so misleading for this movie. I just watched them again before I I did the show, and the way they pumped up the music, they really pumped it up as this mega showdown between right. David and Glass and the Horde. This movie's so typical of a Shyamalan film right. that to expect it to become the Avengers or something, or at the very least, like I don't know, Winter Soldier or something. It's unfortunate that people are going into the into the movie with that expectation. Sure. I think that if you're going to watch this film, go into it with zero expectations. I don't recommend watching the trailer, but I'm sure it's been blasted everywhere. Who knows? But go into it with no expectation. Um, agreed. Um, I did think that they didn't uh, give too much of the plot away or anything like that. Um, I thought it was it was okay being a little tease of what's to happen. Um, but basically they did show that there's going to be the beast and all three of them together and they're stuck in this, uh, asylum, asylum and something's going to happen, you know, but yeah, I guess if, if they're trying to make it sound like, uh, you know, there's some big action and things like that coming, it could mislead people for sure. If you liked unbreakable, this is just an extension of, Unbreakable, and in my yeah. opinion, it's kind of the natural progression of where it could go. There are other ways that I think it could have gone, but sure. I totally respect what Shyamalan did. Um, this is why I don't watch trailers anymore. Uh, I haven't been watching superhero trailers since Doctor Strange. Uh, I really that was the first movie that I decided I will not watch a trailer leading up to this. I watched Black Panther's trailer after I watched it, and I feel like a movie. A trailer may not give away plot, but it does give you a vibe. Yes. And that vibe gives you an expectation of what you think will happen in the movie. And I don't like that anymore. Right. I think Black Panther was kind of misleading and its its marketing. Uh, Glass was certainly misleading in its marketing. And so I'm just kind of over it, to be honest. Uh, sometimes, especially with the big-budget Marvel films, they'll have scenes in there that aren't even in the movie. Remember uh, Infinity War? It showed the Hulk running with uh, Captain America and Black Widow and uh, everyone. At, at the, I was like the, the very ending shot of that trailer. And it wasn't even a movie at all. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm over it. If I know yeah. I'm going to watch the movie, I'm just going to watch it. No news, no trailers. For sure. Okay. So overall, we liked it. Uh, I don't want to dance around this too much because right. there's lots to get into. You should go check it out. Yes. For sure. It will be divisive. Uh, everyone listening to this show may not like it. They may not like it as much as us. And that's fine. But I definitely think that it's a movie that needs to be seen. If you watched the previous two films, you should watch this story to to see where it goes. And this is just unique filmmaking. Right. Who's making movies like this? Right. Who's made another Unbreakable since that came out? 
I would say the closest thing to something as cool as Breakable would be Chronicle. Okay. From 2012, but overall, this was such a great movie. Yeah, I mean, I, and and as a unique uh, movie, as a uh, you know movie lovers, just just this specific situation of this director and these actors, you know, just set the stage for this to actually happen and hopefully things as unique as like as this can be given a chance um because uh you know like if he would have planned it out that way uh, no one would have been you know expecting it to work out you know so you know I'm it's as as a film and what it does I think it's a a good thing you know for sure it's important to note that when unbreakable came out it was not received nearly as well as The Sixth Sense was. So I'm very curious, even though this is at like hovering at a high 30% on Rotten Tomatoes among critics, it's got a higher rate with audiences. I'm very curious whether critics will change their minds years later or just what kind of cult hit this would be, this will become, what it could inspire. So we'll, we'll see. I'm very curious to see the legacy of this movie. Right. Um. Uh, over the past holiday season, um, I've revisited many of the Christmas movies, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know the uh, anniversary of uh, coming to America, uh, that was uh, you know uh, featured here on, on your cast, and and some of those things, you know, I could watch with uh, Koreans even, and they loved it, but there there were a few movies that just can't really be watched again, but showing uh, Unbreakable to some of the people who missed it. You could just watch it, uh, you know, again, and and uh, it's just a standalone great movie. It still holds up. It's yeah. wonderful. I think the critics just expected too much, or they didn't want to like it too much because, you know, because of him and all of those things. I think that had a lot to do with it. But bottom line, I think the critics or, or the audiences, you know, just had a good time. So I hope so. Uh, it has opened to forty six million. So that's pretty good, considering yeah. its budget is twenty million. Worldwide, it's at a hundred million, so it's it's doing well. I mean, it's a Blumhouse picture, so it, they're those are super cheap movies anyway. So right, I mean, I I I was worried. I mean, I understand like let's keep it low budget and uh, you can do whatever you want, and uh, you don't have uh, the studios, uh, you know, wanting this or that. Uh, but uh, I was a little bit worried because. Hopefully you have enough to do what you need to portray, you know, in the story. And I thought it was fine. Yes. So without any more dancing, All right. we're going to get into the spoilers now. If you have not seen this movie, you don't want it spoiled, turn this off now. If and you why? don't care, then stick around. Here and we go. Listen to revisit this podcast and check it out yeah. after you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So three, two, one, here we go. I want to start at the end, and I just want to say I really liked where it went. Uh, We were leaving the elevator. Mikey and I saw this movie together, actually, uh, last week, and I told him, like, I think the ending is going to stay with me for some time. I'm not necessarily referring to Mr. Glass's in game, but just the fact that they were brave enough to kill all three right. main characters Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, and James McAvoy. And yes. you killed them so unceremoniously. It wasn't right. like 
the big tower scene where he climbs a tower and right. done knocks him off or they both fall off together. Nothing heroically. Yeah. It was just Yeah, I mean, I almost expected like the you know, he's something's gonna happen and they're gonna not die. You know, this is where he all right, wait, he's any second he's gonna get back up. Right, exactly. And it didn't happen and then it was kind of like wow. Samuel Jackson and I'll speak to some other red herrings in the film. Sure. But there's a there is a scene, a line where Samuel Jackson said, This is where the good and evil clash and they will showcase powers or abilities that they hadn't previously had before. Right. Um, again, a Dragon Ball moment, right? You just kind of yes. you get you get you get pushed to a limit where you do something else that's a, that's spectacular. And so I was really looking for either one of them to to do something. Maybe uh, Kevin develops another personality to save himself from right. dying or, nice. you know, done, I don't know, has some ability where he, he not only can't be broken, but he can't die, right. right? Maybe he got close to choking, but he comes back alive. And to be honest, we're still, the way the movie ended, it's possible that he could pull some Superman his heart is beating right. like once a day or something very slowly and he just comes back. It's very possible. I mean, I was I was thinking about that the other day because I I enjoyed this so much and I was way deep into thinking how this could be a whole new universe, yes. right? And, you know, you could bring them back somehow, you know, uh, if they really wanted to. It's not not that far fetched, you know. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening, but, you know, in my mind I was like, hmm, maybe they did this or you know yeah but it made th it made that movie quite deep i mean it was just the whole story about it that's not what you wanted but it ended up being deeper because of it mm. and the whole plan of of mr glass anyway you know you're like wow you know i wanted it to go to the osaka tower and you know all i was expecting that whole scene red herring right exactly but guess what you know all the whole time he had it planned out and he was all always a smarter one no matter what even if the worst happened which did yes yes them dying was really heartbreaking to me just watching the the reluctant hero just get drowned in a puddle yeah i mean even in unbreakable he just fell into a pool a bigger place but just he was just drowned in a puddle after all that he went through lost his wife connected with his son which was, that was a really cool aspect of his character of the movie him and Joseph, him being his kind of oracle to his Batman kind of right. thing, that was really cool. Um, and then watching the son just be heartbroken and at the asylum, the man or a man, uh, the boy who really believed in his dad and pushed him to become the hero that his dad kind of pushed against, and seeing him him die right there, watching right. him die was that was heartbreaking. Yeah, you you were also shaken up by those by those uh, scenes of. Uh, um, Mr. Glass uh, oh, getting yeah. injured and stuff. Yeah, um, it's emotional for me to be honest. Uh, when Glass talked to his mother, when his one of his last dying words, you know, um, "Mom, I'm I'm not a mistake." Yeah, you know that that really got to me. Um, even though he's effing crazy, and yeah. so is his mom for supporting all this because she. It'd be one thing if she just thought I'm proud of him because he's you know he has this, this condition and he became a millionaire art gallery guy, but she knows that he's a mass murderer. Right. And still loved his baby. 
Yeah, she's Love like, her what'd she say? You were spectacular. And I'm like, um, <laughs> he just slashed an innocent guy's neck with broken glass. Um, and it wasn't like that. It was the guy who, oh, we got, we got to talk about that, that flashlight scene. I don't know if you, you saw my face. So when, when that bad, uh, caretaker had that heavy flashlight over glass's legs right did you see me at all i i thought you you were wincing but no, i mean i was wincing but i was on the edge of my seat with my jaw open i was terrified as you said the the um the carnival scene or the amusement park scene right. um that scene and the scene where david goes to his uh child joseph's room are actually deleted scenes from, from the unbreakable the movie. movie right um, six sense unbreakable okay unbreakable yeah okay so the scene where he's on the, in the carnival he starts going on that on that wheel i mean i was wincing super yeah. hard i really can't it's hard for me to deal with uh even though i'm a crowd maga instructor broken bones at least watching them in movie form I mean, I, I don't think I have a problem doing it to someone if I have to, <laughs> but in movie form, watching them happen to people I kind of care about at least, I'm invested right. in, really that made me cringe. Yeah, watching him smash his, his shoulder, oh man, and even in Unbreakable, I watched it again this weekend, but when when Glass fell down the stairs, yeah. I, I literally had to put the fingers to my ears like, la, 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 I can't do this again, yeah. I can't do this, but yeah. The flashlight scene really made me. Oh, I was so tense. I mean, I th I thought you had some sort of insight, or you thought I thought that you might have knew what was going to happen, but I didn't realize that you were preparing for him to break his leg. Oh with God! Him. Oh man! Oh man! Even thinking about just what could have happened, I'm still. <laughs> I'm, I mean, Mike can see me not right now. I'm um, just. Uh, I can't do it. Yeah. But yeah, Glass was a mass murderer, and you're. That's my baby, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. Well, obviously he got he got his craziness from somewhere, right? Yeah. So you know who knows. She she seemed like a simple woman and things like that. Sure. I mean, I mean she invested a bit into him, right? So, I mean, she, sure. and, and they've they've been through a lot, so I can't really. It's it's weird to me, but. Well, I mean, you know, it's also one of those things you, you care or you take care of, um, a, a crazy person. Sorry to say it like that, but if you take care of a crazy person, you go a little crazy yourself. That's true. And that's, you know, out outside of the characterization, can we talk about how bad her makeup was the whole time? No, please, <laughs> but we got please. You. So uh, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> so Samuel Jackson is seventy years old. Yeah, and Charlene Woodard, who played the mother, okay. is sixty-five. All right. So that's already crazy enough as it is. And in Unbreakable, like, you know, almost 20 years ago, you could, the way that they showed her as just a young person to the child made sense. Even a little makeup almost like, uh, okay. Right. But this time, uh, one, one of my favorite podcasts, Double Toasted, they said it, it looked like brownie mix with a wig on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it was hilarious. Yeah, I that was a little bit distracting to me. I, I didn't, to be honest, I, I didn't really notice too much myself. I mean, she wasn't there a lot. She wasn't on yeah. the, in the movie a lot, but that kind of every time she came on, I was like, uh, "This is how old are you again?" Like oh, it, yeah. it was really weird to me. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't. Luckily, I wasn't distracted. Yeah, because I might have been if I noticed. 
Yeah. Uh, let's talk about how do you feel about the twist with Glass being behind the murder of Kevin's dad? I mean, like, it was, I'm not quite sure. Because, like, I, I don't think it was necessary, but it it's more poetic. And it does, like, it's just one of those things that it ties everything together. Yeah. Um, so I mean it's 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 great. Um uh it was just more more on top of what was going on. Sure. But yeah, I, I think it was it wasn't for me as big of a a plot uh surprise twist uh than maybe he intended, but maybe others I think maybe found it you know, uh that way. But uh uh you know, it was a side note for me, but it was kind of cool and interesting. Of course, it did make uh, the horde turn against Mr. Glass and open some eyes and things. But really, if it didn't have that, I wouldn't have skipped a beat or lost a beat, really. But I agree with you. It was fine. It wasn't like I cringed like, oh, really? It was like it was fine for me. I'm glad that that wasn't the only twist because for Shyamalan films, it's kind of like, here's a twist and that is it. But it was that. And then all of a sudden it was this secret society of clover people who and then of course there was glasses in game to share right. to the world what what he wanted them to see i think it's interesting the uh clover people i don't know their their name but they remind me of another samuel jackson movie it's not his movie but he was in it uh jumper and he played a paladin the religious fanatic who uh were tracking down supers and killing them because he felt like that their powers were unnatural. And in this movie, you have these secret society people who have been around for... Did they really specify how long they were right. around? Did they say how long they were around? They might have, but it wasn't... You know, it wasn't... It wouldn't be that... I don't remember it that, that well. Yeah. But they've been around for some time. Yep. Finding super superpowered people. and And I liked how they weren't just... You know, uh, you know, we talk, we we draw parallels between these films and Marvel or DC, and it wasn't this organization. They they weren't Shield, but they weren't like Hydra ish. They were kind and of there was a, no t- big round table in space with a bunch of capes. Right. It was just like these people, people. just want balance. They don't yeah. want any super super powered people around, which I can respect. What did Vision say in Civil War? That was it power invites competition and that can lead to chaos right you know the more power you know means more responsibility and they're not taking a responsibility so yeah we're gonna have to do it and we've we've let them try but we're gonna just cut that out who knows i mean and this movie has so many ideas i'm very interested to see even a prequel about maybe the first super person they like the clover folks encountered that would be an interesting movie to watch and how they came to that conclusion yeah, i mean uh, there could go be i don't know if there's going to be anything else i think there might be an uproar to have something i know he People said are that excited. he was done yeah but if it makes a lot of money which is already well over its its budget uh five times the budget worldwide on his first weekend um it's possible that blumhouse could come up to them or come up to him and say hey do you have any more ideas right right we'll, and, uh, we'll, we'll see i don't want him to ruin this though ex- exactly um i th- i think i think uh he might because this has been one of his you know baby 
baby his ideas that he's you know had for so long and right. and to keep and and you know he put a bookend to it and for him to keep it going i think he would explore that and come out with it if you know if it was quality for him or possibly like have another idea or have something so kind of far out that he just throws it into that just like kind of split was way you know you know what i would outside of it so who knows what i would what i would be interested in also is maybe not even a movie per se but maybe a mini series yeah. uh netflix or you know mini series directed by him or executive produced by him uh either prequel or maybe this the fallout um or just some just some anthology movies or anthology shows of kids or people who solved who saw this and just did a good deed you know right. or a bad deed or mix their anti-heroes now or you know I, i'd be curious to see just i, I do want to go back into this world now now that it's just opened up there was so many i mean you know you know the the scene that was uh supposedly gonna be at the uh, osaka tower was you know you thought it was gonna happen but you know they reveal that it's really it's a prequel you know so that's actually the ending of a different story so sure. maybe you know i thought that might might have been an easter egg but probably not uh so last jedi came out i really don't want to go back to last jedi because it'll open up old old <laughs> yeah. old old ptsd and trauma yeah. from, from arguments but uh last jedi was praised for its subversion and i thought it handled it really poorly but I think a movie like this was subversive of expectations in a good way. Uh, same, similar to Infinity War. Like, we thought things were going to go a certain way, but then, spoilers, if you haven't seen Infinity War, that's that's on you, really. But, yeah. you know, Thanos snapping his fingers, he actually did it. Who knew that was really going to happen? We thought these guys were just going to take him down, but, man, he really did it. Like, Spider-Man's really gone. I mean, obviously, he'll come back. We all know that, but, man. But this was a movie that subverted expectations in a creative way and an engaging way again to see bruce Willis just drown in a, in a in a puddle of water all this i waited for for 19 years to him to be drowned in a puddle of water was just wow for a lot of people that's going to make them angry to the point that they won't like this movie but i thought it made this movie even more fascinating right and i look forward to watching it again yeah to just kind of see what else i can find you know because those are his movies right looking for clues looking for hints looking for visuals yeah, there Anything. were there were a lot of things that people picked up on on the other the reviews and and things on YouTube and internet that I I didn't notice. So um, it'll be it'll be good to revisit all that. Sure. I I could see I can see us watching these three films, you know, again throughout our lives. So that's that's a good thing to say. How did you feel about the doctor and also how she confined? everyone and how she talked to them because for someone who's saying that superheroes aren't real she kept them in rooms and had fail safe set up for people with superhuman abilities right how do you feel about that well i mean to me it was either there's something gonna reveal itself later which it did because she really knew right um or they just dumb as hell, which, you know, is the caretakers were, obviously. Or, you know, like, 
I wasn't quite sure, like, if she, there was going to be something I knew coming. Uh, and I'm glad it did. Otherwise, to me, it would have not made any sense. But uh, so I kind of really ignored it. You know, mm. um, I also thought she could have been, you know, in the end, she could have been a robot or she's under some spell or, you know, like there's so many different things uh, or what she I but I could definitely tell she had a different agenda than what she was portraying sure. you know, there. And there's something else. Yeah. Right. And especially with the, uh, you know, with the with the rooms and everything, uh, you know, I thought there was something lacking or there was something up her sleeve so you know i wasn't distracted though by it or conf- it was interesting that she had these crazy rooms set up but just a lack of personnel yeah but i wonder if she didn't want to give them the idea that they were too special right so that they wouldn't k- internalize that wait she's saying this but what why why are all these people here Right. Kind of thing, but again, if you would do that, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you have the secret SWAT team over there on the back off in a cut, yeah. ready to go, just and and have that laser light, light, um, you know, like lights outside. Yeah, or yeah, or basically just a, a more of a fail-safe compound. Sure. You know, if if that was your point, like let's not let them think that they need all these guards, yeah. but have them. That was a little uneven. I also yeah. it was weird having them have that collective kind of therapy session yeah like why wouldn't you just have them separately because right there uh, david david saw the horde maybe the beast came out right there i mean david Dunn would just break those chains and show like yeah i am super like look what i just did right i mean and that also brings me to another point of why didn't david just show who he was more often here you don't think i'm i'm me watch me just bend this metal pipe really quick right and then be done with it. I am this person. He well, kind of really. All right, go ahead. I think they one. I think she psychoanalyzed them, got into his head for sure. Yeah. And just told them, the gave them the reasons why they're not. That might also be another thing that, that, she's been doing this for a while, and uh, there's probably a lot of crazies that are just crazy. Sure. You know, up. Oh, this guy thinks this. I <laughs> have okay. And then uh, this guy thinks he's got this power and she's been doing this for years and this guy's got, you know, and she maybe she just underestimated them and knows how to get into their head. And since she kind of got into theirs a little bit, I like like how she, you know, maybe she's she got into the horde's head. Yeah, that was really that was really fascinating. She really split them. (laughs) Uh, But I thought that overall that was a weaker storyline because we've already seen what these guys can do yeah. it, w- it wasn't like they just started out and maybe the camera played tricks on us like i literally watched david dunn dent the wall when the guy tried to uh hurt him in unbreakable at the very end i watched him tear the door off the car and unbreakable you know the the high right. school scene and you know we, we watched do all these amazing things so do you, do you think some of the audience might have believed her and thought that they were really just or I mean, I don't know. I mean, for a split second, I was like, mm, maybe. But then I was just like, I just recalled uh, all the yeah. things. I was like, yeah, this is stupid. Yeah, I, I, don't I think literally just would. watched them jump through a window together, okay. hit the ground, and just get up like it was nothing. And you remember in the beginning of, like, when she caught the Horde and David in the rain, she said, you could get out of here 
but she would hurt a lot of good people, a lot of good cops yeah. here. And so I feel like she already knew that what well, was up. Right. She just wanted to appeal to his, his morality and take him in peacefully. I, I did miss the part when she talked to him and and she said that I was that she was giving them a chance if they would have just bought into it. Exactly. That she might have let them go as long as they just stopped acting like it, something like that. Yeah, I mean, she didn't want them to be locked up or. Yeah, I mean, what I appreciate about everyone in this movie thought they were right. Right. I mean, most the, the most uh sorry. The best villains are the ones who you really think they're right. I mean, I mean, the the Joker's just crazy. Right. But Lex Luthor believes that he's right in trying to kill Superman or control him or clone him, etc. Magneto thinks that he's justified for his actions because of what he's been through. Mr. Glass is so convinced that he's correct that he has killed hundreds of right. people, if not thousands of people, to just achieve his goal. For, for evidence. Can I, can I just side note? <laughs> I think it's crazy that he, his only way to bring about superheroes was to kill people. If there's there are so many different kinds of superpowers, um, just off the top of my head, I don't know. What if Iceman or Jubilee were on the train? Yeah. You know, Jubilee just shoots out plasma and, and, and fireworks. So if she died in the train, it wouldn't disprove that superheroes didn't exist. It would just, just it would just. He probably it. he probably killed some. On yeah, that like you could have killed super super powered people on that train or on the plane or etc. But I might can explain that his his thought and and premise was that because he was the man of glass, he had the opposite. So to him, it was how do I find the A strong guy man on, on the opposite right in the spectrum? Okay, so that's fair. He you know um because he's sure that one. You know, he he's sure, sure that one exists. At least that one exists. So okay, that's he fair. focused his he focused you know Good on point. that. I just I think it's cool too that Glass is not. It isn't like he wants to even kill David. Yeah. Or he wants to kill any heroes. He just wants the truth to be out. Right. And again, same with uh, the Horde. They are so convinced that they are right. And then you have David, who's kind of just uh, I don't want to. Be a part of this, really, but I just, ha I just, right. I just have to do it. Uh, I was thinking about you remember the scene where he talked to his wife, that ghost. Yes, it felt like kind of a sixth sense callback. Did you feel that? Yeah, I did. That was really cool. I mean, that's it's just like almost the same kind of lighting scene. Like it's just in yeah. that world. Yeah, like he tried to reach to her, but she couldn't hear him. It was same as the the very end of Sixth Sense when. He tried to call his wife. I forgot the name, her name. Uh, and then she breathed the cold air, and he realized that he was dead. And I was, uh, I was wondering if there was gonna be a little more of that, or you know, this, or you know, it, it was. Now that I think about it, it was a little random in there, but you know, it just happened quickly, and it was fine. But even some of the deleted scenes, I think, even though they were interesting to see, I don't think they necessarily needed to be there either. Sure. The carnival scene was ugh, cringy to watch, but. Uh, it was moving to watch, but uh, it didn't need to be there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, like you, like you were stating earlier that he was obviously a bad man and killed all these people. But maybe it was just to get that sympathy factor. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, because some of it's also I felt like uh, 
to get back to what you were just saying, for him, for Mr. Glass to play that role, perhaps that he discovered that, all right, I'm going to find this guy, I and I'm, I have to be the bad guy. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he didn't necessarily ha- want to kill this person or be that bad, and but he kind of had to play that role. But maybe you could see in the end, you know, he was just doing it to prove that he was right, and maybe he really was a good guy. Well, no. Okay, stop. <laughs> He's not a good guy. He's definitely or, or a maybe selfish. He... <laughs> He's definitely a selfish villain. I mean, the Horde views themselves as the avenging angel to protect the broken right and the impure right so i get that but for mr glass even though his in un, in unbreakable his goal was to find his purpose and that's a selfish right. aim even though he sure. wanted to find the other guy is because that's just what he wanted. It wasn't like he wanted David to become a hero and save and save the world. Right. He just wanted to find his own purpose. So for that, he was definitely villainous yeah, and a sure. monster for that. What he did in his in-game to share the truth with the world is different. So a lot of folks will complain that Glass, the movie didn't have a lot of Mr. Glass in it, but the overall theme and the and the ending was all about him. Right. And Unbreakable, he found his purpose, and in Glass, he set out to fulfill his purpose, right? Um, So I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to look at, like, how how many words in the dialogue or how many scenes and what he's in, but really the story is, in the end, about him and and what, you know, he was trying to make happen and did make happen. So, so, you know, that's... You know, like I mentioned earlier, it's just deeper than the star or the characters. It, he, uh, and we weren't expecting it. I yeah. wasn't ready, it, and it really surprised everybody. So I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice a little screen time for, for uh, being surprised and it being quite deep. You know, he, he, his plan came out in the end. You know, and, you know, he gets that sinister laugh. Yeah. You know, <laughs> from the end. Yeah. You know. How do you feel about? the humor and the Shyamalan uh, appearance. Uh, you mean him being in the shop and just... Yeah. I, I don't know about too much humor, but I think he was just really tying things together. Remember the, a little the, bit? The thing he was to... like, let him take a walk. Jesus. I thought that was... Thought that, was uh, that got a chuckle out of me. Yeah, I think that needed to be said, and it could have been anyone. That's true. You know, it, it could have not... If he had a better cameo, I think they would have just had somebody in there just saying that, and uh, I think that was... Well, the thing uh-huh. that he said that he used to run with some bad people, but now he's he's shaped up now. I thought that was cool. And then uh, Hedwig had some humor. He was like, you know, you like Kevin now? You know, that was that was that was cute. Yeah. Um. I go go, go ahead. Well, I, I did want to mention. Oh. You know, uh, he did reveal a, a lot about tying himself into uh, all all three m- movies. You know, he did say that he was the guy. Uh, at the stadium in Unbreakable, but did you link him to his cameo in Split? I don't remember that they came to that that well, please. So um, basically, there was a character, I think his name was Jay, but he was actually the security guard for Dr. Fletcher. Um, So uh, he was a tech or something, a security guard, and he had a short cameo, didn't have the joke, so that's maybe why we didn't, you know, remember him, but he was was helping her with security or some tech stuff on a computer. Uh, And then... uh, 
when he showed up to the store, he mentioned something about a tenant, you know, dying. That was Dr. Fletcher. So it kind of, you know, uh, obviously you missed it and so did I. I think most people would, but, you know, uh, I saw some, uh, uh, some other material and talking about how he was in the uh, split movie and that's how it tied it in and we, did, we didn't even catch that at all interesting and it didn't need to be there but you know there was so much tying it all in you know everything every there was there's always going to be so many things we missed you know so i kind of like that about those movies yeah like i said i i look forward to seeing it again so before we head out um how do you think this movie is gonna gonna do and play out financially and critically among audiences um i believe it's I believe there. I, I believe there might be uh, some word of mouth, and uh, I believe there's a lot of people who are waiting to see if it was gonna be good before seeing it. Right. So I, I believe, if anything, just because people will be praising the movie and people are waiting, I think it'll continue to do okay. Um, I'm not sure if it could be a standalone. You know. Definitely not. If you and, haven't seen these movies, there's no reason to. See uh, this and movie. it's gonna be hard for people to go and revisit a movie from you know a few years ago in 2001 or whenever the 2000 right so that was so long you know um so i'm not sure but i think it's i i I think it's gonna be hard to break down and and really hate on this movie you know what i mean um i don't know uh if people will praise it uh, or appreciate it as much as we do um, but I think overall it's going to be received well. Um, I don't think about any award stuff. I don't know if that's going to, you know, I expect no. it not to get any love there. Um, but I think critics will like it. I mean, it's, but you know. Well, critics are not liking it. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm, wor- I'm worrying about audiences more yeah. than critics because critics are kind of, that's already done. But critics on Rotten Tomatoes, it's already at, what 70s it's hovering at about the mid 70s as far as audiences liking the film and i'm just wondering it's there have been a number of movies that have come out where critics panned it but it went on to make a lot of money you know Su- suicide squad made like 300 million something dollars domestically even though the critics gave like a like a 26 on Rotten tomatoes uh the Greatest Showman, that Hugh Jackman, Barbara Bailey film, made a lot of money worldwide, even though critics panned it. Um, so, I, I mean, it's already made its budget back five times. Yeah. So, it's definitely going to be a financial su- success, which is not hard for Blumhouse films. For sure. Uh, it opened at $46 million, uh, Split opened at $40 million, and Unbreakable, Unadjusted for Inflation opened at 30 So, it's already the, the, the bigger of the openings. Uh, lifetime domestic for split was 140 or 138 million. Unbreakable was 95. Uh, worldwide for split was 278 million, and worldwide for Unbreakable was 248 million. So it's probably on track to make around that. You think two two hundred? Two hundred? Uh, I mean, it made a hundred million in one weekend. I would expect. I would expect over the next yeah few weeks. It'll definitely make two hundred, at least. I mean, for me, there was always a concern about the fact that it's not a standalone, and the, the you know, it's a trilogy of movies that people didn't really see. It, and it was Infinity was, War, huh? Infinity War. Yeah, but Infinity War is not a standalone movie, I guess. 
That's what I mean. It made yeah. a, it made a lot of money, you know, but not everyone has seen all the Marvel films. Right, it still made crazy money. Yeah, so. I mean, but still, like you can just see it. It was a action blockbuster with characters that they know at least. They that's don't true. need to know. So that's it's one thing to you know tell someone, all right, I, I have to watch one of these two movies. Uh, you should probably watch that one because sure. at least you see some it's something exciting. Um, so that's what I'm really worried about. Um, you know, but that's. Uh, you know, I don't worry about money or yeah. the critics. You know, some critics they're gonna hate anyway, and sure. um, so I think those numbers have a little bit. You know, like this mid seventies is kind of expected um, for audience. I think it's really grassroots. So it should be a little higher. You know, sure. and there's gonna be people who didn't watch the movies or don't uh, appreciate how deep in the characters and story is. So they're they I can understand how they can give it a bad rating. You know, sure. And critics, you know, I'm not gonna get into that. I think I think the folks who really like it will watch it again, and I think there are people who will be on the fence, who will probably revisit those movies, and then finally watch it in the second weekend or third weekend. So I think it'll have some some legs. Um, there's not much out. There's not, nothing else coming out right now, so okay. it'll allow it to breathe. Uh, I think the next big movie, quote unquote, big movie, will be the Alita Battle Angel. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. You think it's gonna be big? That's for another time because we will review it. Uh, yes, we'll we'll see. All right. One thing you asked me about, but I wanted to ask you about before we go. So what what's your thoughts on on all the characters that uh, of of the horde that you know he portrayed and everything, or how how overall how it went? Um, there were some that were just kind of weird to me. Uh, there was some that were cool. I mean, he had twins inside of him. There was I liked Norm Norm the the uh, the Norma? southern the southern yeah. woman. Uh, the Spanish-speaking person was cool, but there was what that professor of Japanese film, Mr. Pritchard. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I mean, it was fine. I mean, I liked that he not only went like I said, different languages, but accents and just subject matter. That was fine. It was cool to see just twenty-three wasn't just a number, but they actually did have fleshed-out uh, personalities and, and interests. But overall, it was whatever. It was whatever. Yes. It was fine. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this concludes this episode of Blurred, Blurred Up. Up. Uh, tune in next time. We're going to try to bring you a review of the second season of The Punisher. Uh, I wanted to do a Greatest Rap Albums of Last Year podcast, but... It's been kind of delayed. Uh, let us know in the comments if you want that to happen or I, not. I, I personally think that although it's it's going to be a little bit late, you know, it's those, uh, there's never enough lists if they're good ones. And I think there's people out there that want your opinion. And okay. so, okay. you know, I'm pushing for it. Okay. Comment and say you need it. I'm going to try to make that happen uh, after Punisher. Um, anyway, again, if you want to find us on Facebook – we are at B-L-E-R-U-D-U-P on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U and on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. Mikey, where can they find you? Mikey N, M-Y-K-I-A-N dot Valeria, F-A-L-L-A-R-I-A. And that's me on the Instagram. Instagrams. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening, and have a lovely day, evening, or wherever you are. Watch the movie. Watch the movie. Peace. Peace.